This is Paul Nobles from eatreform.com, and I am sitting here without a co-host today. I'm going to do what I've done a few of these are like quick hitter ideas, and uh, hopefully I can get this done within 15 to 30 minutes. Just because I I want it to be kind of a shorter topic that people can listen to and not have this big long experience similar to the way that most of our podcasts work. Um, nothing too crazy going on in each reform land. Uh, there's fewer uh, interested posts or planned posts, as many of you know, the uh, that listen to this podcast regularly. We are invite only right now, so um, keep that in mind that if you're interested in becoming uh, need to perform member probably the easiest way to do that is to respond to one of those posts or uh, join the better dieting group for our free challenges um, it's kind of a way for you to get introduced to eat to perform without you know uh, spending money and then just kind of get familiar with what we do and how we do it before you sign up so keep an eye out for that um, so the concept that I'm going to talk about here is uh, mini cuts and I'm going to talk really about the idea of using intermittent fasting with the concept of a mini cut right and so when I look when I talk about a mini cut really what I'm talking about is two weeks right now can a mini cut go longer than two weeks absolutely it can um what I think is a major factor with should it extend is how comfortable you are and what your goals are. If your goals are longer and to go deeper, then what you should do is go through a regular fat loss cycle and not a two-week cycle. If, as an example, you don't want to go through a 60-day cycle, you know this is a good way to clean up maybe you know, after vacation, but you don't really want to go into fat loss or summer starting to get away from you. So that's really why I'm doing this. Um, The other thing that I wanted to talk about, because I'm I'm a big advocate for intermittent fasting, but there's a lot of myths related to intermittent fasting. And I think, um, you know, I just want to run through some of the specifics of that because What I think happens for a lot of people is they want to look at, you know, things like low carb, things like, you know, intermittent fasting, as if they're this panacea that you did not understand. And that simply doing that is the answer to all of your problems and you'll have eight pack abs. And the reality is that intermittent fasting is simply eating most of your food in a time window Um, And that's not irrespective of calories, right? You can overeat in a smaller time window. It's just a little bit more difficult. And the reason why I've always been an advocate for it, and and not not every single time that I eat, uh, as an example, if I'm trying to put on muscle or perform better, um, and let's say I was going to the gym at 11 a.m., I'm not going to fast just because I have like this special idea that fasting is going to be this end-all be-all and then just go through this horrible workout. That one day I would just eat food, right? One of the appeals to intermittent fasting to me 
is that I like eating two bigger meals, right? Now, is that the absolute best way to optimize bodybuilding for the rest of your life? Probably not, right? It would be better off breaking it down into these six small meals and things of this nature. But the way that I look at eating is similar to the way that I look at exercise. And the way that I look at exercise is if you have to do something that you dislike, you will probably not do it for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean that you might not want to do that for a moment in time, right? And I'll talk a little bit about that when I talk about how I'm kind of structuring my meals and things of this nature. But food is very simple to exercise, right? Right now, as an example, I've gone back to CrossFit, probably not the best way for me to maximize muscle gain over time or even really fat loss over time. But it is the thing that I like most because of the community, because of the social aspect. So, you know, I think that if your goals are to be Mr. Olympia, do things that are going to challenge you in a way that you might not always like. If you're going to try and win the CrossFit Games, you would want to do something similar. But if you're a 50-year-old man who has another, who has an actual job, you know, or you're a lawyer or a doctor or you know whatever it is that you do, and those things are secondary, I think it's actually more important for you to do something that you enjoy. So let's get into it a little bit because the way that I'm going to title this episode is how to lose the most weight in the shortest amount of time, right? And so we have to start with where did you start, right? And so for me, um, there's an interesting thing about macros, right? And when you're up in your macros and you're kind of moving through like the performance stage or performance recomp stages where your calories are higher, sometimes your weight will creep up. Like for example, um, for me, I was sitting, you know, about, oh, 193 for a really long time. And, you know, it just really started to creep up on me a little bit. Now, my goals at that point were really more muscle building. My macros were higher. And when you look at the macros being higher, you would go, okay, well, then that's why he gained weight. Well, no, it really wasn't why I gained weight. It was a lot of the one-off scenarios that sort of added up over time, right? It's like the the weekend away, the, um, you know, the grad parties, all, all the different celebrations that start to come up. And this is a great spot for a mini cut. But what, what I don't want you to think about with a mini cut, and this is a a really important concept, and this is why this is the first concept, is you want to be playing with big edges, right? You don't want to be playing with small edges because if you go to a drastic way of doing things, that's maybe only slightly better than the drastic way you were previously doing things. That's not what a mini cut's for, right? What a mini cut's for is for after vacation, kind of the scenario that I'm talking about. It's summer. You want to be able to enjoy most of the summer. So for two weeks, you're just going to bite the bullet and you're going to do, sorry about that, you guys, I uh, do this on my computer and I'm sure I can turn this off somehow. I just don't know how. Um, so 
that's basically the scenario where a mini cut comes into play. Now, whether intermittent fasting works for you well or not, I don't know. But I've found that most people, when you look at any type of cutting scenario, whether it be fat loss, mini cut, whatever, um, and, and fat loss too is very similar to what a mini cut looks like in terms of macros, right? And so when we look at these scenarios, you're trying to manage your hunger, right? And so for me, what I, the way that I handle that best is I'm going to want to have most of my suffering, right? Um, I mean, let's be real. That's what it is. Uh, I mean, when you think about what a dieting or cutting cycle is, it is basically stress that you're putting onto your body for a specific result. Exercise is similar. It's stress that you're putting on your body for a specific result. And in the case of exercise, the result is better running or better, bigger muscles or you know longer endurance for your CrossFit competition. But in the case of, of dieting, as an example, um, really actually in the case of of a surplus also, um, you're looking to do something for a specific response. And in this case, you're looking to lose weight. And the reason why I say lose weight is because weight is not specifically fat, right? But I'll get into that more as we go through the podcast. But the main point here is that when you intermittent fast, you're kind of putting the difficult part earlier in the day, right? And then loading most of your food towards the evening. And I would argue that almost, I'd say at least 65, maybe even up to 75% of your calories you would probably want to load between, say, 5 and 9 if you went to bed at, say, 10 p.m. So kind of keep that in mind, right? That we want to be working with big edges. We don't want to be working with smaller edges. So if you've been eating clean for the last six months and you have a suspicion that you're under eating, this is not the podcast for you. I would continue listening because there may be a scenario in the future or you might be able to pick up some tips and tricks that you can use to get a better result. But at the end of the day, dieting works best when you're coming off of a period where you're not dieting. And I don't know how to get that to stop chiming in. So we're just going to have to deal with that. And I apologize. Um, okay, second major point is that uh, shoot. I'm just getting all the notifications. And so some of those I do actually know how to turn off. But so the next part that I really wanted to run over is that when you go into a fat loss cycle, you kind of want to have all your ducks in a row. Mini cuts, I think, are great when you don't have your ducks in a row. Right. And what I mean by that is you want to be going to the gym regularly. You want to have, you know, a performance cycle that you've done great in. In the case of a mini cut, 
you know, you might have one or two things that weren't working perfectly, but your weight is starting to go up and you need to act. Mini cuts are great for that, right? So I wanted to kind of throw that out there because I think what happens, and this is actually what happened in my situation because I have a knee issue that I'm working with. And truthfully, if I was... Um, Going into a fat loss cycle, I'd probably rather have that all healed up and go at a good, you know, performance cycle for one to two months so that when I enter a fat loss cycle, my metabolism is just on fire and I'm ready to go, right? So kind of keep that in mind that a mini cut can be used for that as well. So... The other point that I really wanted to get into is the fact that maintenance does not exist. And what I mean by that is that when you look at things from a scientific standpoint, your body is reacting to how you're taking in food. It's reacting to how you're acting with exercise. There's all these things going on. And the sum total of that is referred to as your total daily energy expenditure for that day. And so when we look at undereating as an example, that affects your total daily energy expenditure in a big way. Um, overeating actually affects it less than you might think. More often than not, you can push that side of things a little bit more. It's just people become fearful of doing that. But my main point is that, you know, I was talking to someone recently and she said that her maintenance was 1,300 calories. And the simple fact of the matter is, is that no one's maintenance is 1,300 calories, right? 1,300 calories is just the number that she felt comfortable at, right? Here's the problem with feeling comfortable at 1,300, and, and she's probably maintaining her weight, right? But as she admitted to me, you know, she was over 30% body fat. And so I asked her, like, how are you going to get better than that? right? Because that was part of this discussion is if you're eating 1300 calories, right? So if you never move to where your calories are supposed to be normal, and I get that that's fearful for you, but I'm going to give you some specifics here real soon that might just change your mind about that because it's that, you know, and, and we went over it obviously a little bit. And in, in when we talk about the small edges versus, you know, kind of these bigger spreads, but it's that fear that's actually holding you back. It's that fear that, you know, might make, you know, hypothyroid issues and, and all these things that people struggle with that maybe they didn't struggle with, you know, before dieting was like the biggest thing and everybody was doing it and everybody's talking about it in social media. And there's this pressure to constantly be less, right? And so we obviously always make the argument that these should run in phases and cycles and that the majority of who you are and what you want to become should be as a not dieter. Now, of course, that would take into account some people that have more weight to lose. Most of the time, those people are not talking about mini cuts. They're talking about longer phases, things of this nature. I can see scenarios where mini cuts would fit, but more often than not, they would be better off just doing full 60-day fat loss cycles. And if you're not familiar with Eat to Perform, that would be one of the reasons why you would 
sign up is because the fat loss cycles are finite, similar to what we're talking about with mini cuts. So mini cuts are two weeks. Do mini cuts ever go longer? Yes, they can. You know, I think that uh, sometimes, you know, people see a good result from a mini cut. I am open myself to continuing on. I will say that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm roughly seven days in right now. And so far, it's not been difficult. But six days in, it felt fairly difficult. And, and I, I have sort of this way I do thing, and, and, and I'll kind of run into that a little bit here in a second. But um, I'm open to the fact that I might continue on, but in general... I don't think I'm going to do that, right? And I think that if you take a mini cut and then you turn it into like six weeks, you would have just been better off, you know, going through a fat loss cycle because the reality is, is that you're going to keep getting diminishing returns as you go. And so it gets really, really frustrating. Um, but there's also kind of that fear of, well, you know, as I normalize calories, that weight is going to come back. That's not really what happens if you think of the circumstance similar to what I was talking about. As my calories were higher, it was not the calories that were higher that were the problem, right? It was tweaking my knee. It was the weekends, you know, that I was away with my wife that all sort of crept up into five pounds of weight gain. And, and the reality is, is that five pounds of weight gain is really not a lot, you know? And I feel like for a lot of people that that five pounds of weight gain is something that, you know, kind of holds them back from seeing the success they would ultimately want to see, right? And so I think the other thing too is that, you know, if you're doing a mini cut every three to four weeks, you're really not doing each perform and you're not really doing yourself um, any real, uh, you know, benefit. What I think would be happening in this scenario is that in the scenario where you have to do a, th a you know, a two-week mini cut, every three to four weeks, you're not coming out of the mini cut properly, right? You're not, you're not going with caution. You're not normalizing calories to the right way. And so those are things that I want you to kind of keep in mind. So here's a big part. And if you get triggered by some of these discussions, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Just shut this down right now. Some of these things might trigger somebody that has had, you know, um, eating disorder type issues in the past. And so, um, and I'm not suggesting to you that the result that I'm getting is the result that you're going to get. What I'm trying to emphasize here is the level of control that you might not be aware that you have in this scenario. Right. So I'm going to get specific um, about my specific situation. And I really, really need you to hear that because you might not be able to do a window as long as I've been able to do. Um, you might not be able to be 
you know, a, as aggressive as I'm able to do in this scenario. So kind of keep that in mind. Though true, technically, you know, if you've ever done fat loss too, if you've ever done a mini cut, you know, my my macros are the, are the same as yours. The only difference is is that I have a longer window, and so I'm able to pack what is a you know a smallish amount of food, but not not too bad, into a very confined time space. Okay, so other than my super day, every day my weight was lower. Now I get it. That is not going to be everyone's scenario and the majority of the audience listening to this is women and women are different than men right women hold water for a lot of different reasons that said you still control a lot more than you think right and what i think happens for a lot of folks is that they expect the calories to do more than the calories are supposed to do. And when, so this is this is some of the things that, that I, I was talking about. So I weigh myself each morning, right? And then I fast till 4 p.m. And I don't um, have any food in that time period. I will have coffee, um, but the only thing that I will have in that scenario is water. And I kind of limit water even in that scenario. And I'll tell you why here in a second. When we're talking about weight loss, right? This was sort of the topic that I was talking about earlier. Whether it's low carb, low fat, whatever. You know, you're really talking about water loss on any given day. So if you see two pounds of weight loss, you did not lose two pounds of fat, right? The, the, you know, stored bodily fat is not released that easily. And so you're really looking at water manipulation for the most part. Now, the water is important because it's part of the deficit, right? So if I was not eating at a caloric deficit, I would not be um, I would just be manipulating water at that point. I would not be dealing with any amount of stored bodily fat. But to suggest that the water release has no impact on the stored bodily fat, that would be wrong. And then you go, well, you just said that you don't drink water between the time that you stop drinking coffee in the morning and 4 p.m. Now, once again, you know, be smart about this, right? The I'm not suggesting to you that you can't. I'm just suggesting to you that I get a little thirsty and at 4 p.m. I rehydrate, right? To reason why I do this is because I'm trying to see a lower weight each time, right? And so when I first started the first day, I did it strategically. And I started with 8,000 steps. Right now, I'm at about 17,000 steps, seven days in. And like I said, every single day except for one, my weight was lower. Um, and in the case of that one, which happens to be today, 
my weight actually stayed the same. So even after kind of my super day where I, you know, can eat a little bit more, eat a little bit more flexibly, you know, my weight was the exact same as it was the day before or, you know, like 0.1 different. But, but really, you know, the fears that, that people have really are kind of unfounded. And when you look at normalizing calories eventually down the line, the problem isn't that you can't manage it. The problem is, is that you don't want to, right? That you were under eating and, you know, you have kind of this moment where you have alcohol and cheesecake and all these different things and then weight goes up and you don't really know how to deal with it. Because I weigh myself twice, you know, I have an understanding of how the water sort of leaves my body, right? And and that understanding to me provides a level of logic that goes, oh, when I have a higher sodium day or something of this nature, I can now see how my body is affected. Some people, now, now I need you to understand this, that if the weight was not lower on any one given day, it's not going to affect my mood one way or the other. That's why I mentioned the eating disorder part, right? Is that, you know, I want you to understand that you have more control, that you can really affect more than you think. But I also need you to understand that some of this is mental. But that said, you can't say to me, some of this is mental, and then not realize that when for six days straight, my weight goes down, and when for six days straight, I go from 8,000 steps to 10,000 steps to now 17,000 steps, that I'm not realizing that I'm in control. And to me, that's very motivating. And mentally, that makes me feel more empowered. And you know what else it does? Is instead of just the calories doing the work, I'm realizing I'm doing the work. And so now I'm a little bit more motivated to stick to the plan. Because I'm going to tell you on day six, when the prescription was 17,000 steps, and truthfully, I'm probably just going to go back to, you know, probably not eight, but but close to 10 um, for today and then just work back to the 17 throughout this week. Right. So when I look at my weight for today, which was after Super Day and, you know, this is really kind of a day that I'm going to stay stable. I always say this, especially to private clients, but I've talked about this a lot in the forums and things of that nature. Um is that, you know, I'm I'm losing track of thought here a little bit. Um, But, well, I'll just come back to it once once I kind of think through it a little bit here. Um, But I'm going to finish up. Oh, shoot. What was I thinking? Oh, this, this is, people wonder, like, why you need a co-host. This is, this is why you need a co-host so you can kind of, regain your thought process anyway so i'm gonna end on this note and i'm gonna tell you that i'm 
down seven pounds. Now, in seven pounds in seven days. And once again, this is not fat. The majority of it's water. And you go, well, wow, that's got to be really super motivating. Well, there's a couple things that you have to keep in mind. One, my macros are higher, right? Because one, I haven't done any kind of fat loss in a really long time. Um, I did kind of sniff um, one in, in January earlier in the year. Um, but, you know, let's be real. You know, I was sort of overdoing it for my total daily energy expenditure. And so, you know, we were going to see some, some more water. I'm not expecting to see the level this week that I saw last week. And, and that's going to be fine. And uh, I suspect that, you know, thing, I'm going to hit a wall here really soon. Like this trick of, you know, uh, let, me, let me explain what I was saying with the scale earlier, where each day went down. The first day was like three pounds. The next day was like two pounds. And then each day after that was like a half a pound or 0.3. So I'm not expecting next week to be seven pounds, right? And I think this is one of the things that happens for people. And this is the reason why we have smaller cycles is because you do lose motivation when you're not seeing that level of progress, right? And what happens is, is you can only go so low, right? And, you know, my macros will go a little bit lower this week. And so I'm going to talk about that little piece. So I said that that was going to be the last thing, but this is actually um, the last thing. One of the things that I think happens for a lot of people is their progress gets reflected by their inability to plan. And what I mean by that is for seven days... You know, I was actually going to eat the exact same thing all seven days, um, but but yesterday I just I just couldn't do it, and so since it was my super day, I went you know off the grid a little bit and ate normal. Like I said, my weight actually didn't benefit. I just kind of kept the portion control. I think that's what happens. This is why I'm so vehemently against cheat days or cheat meals, right? Because you can overconsume calories in that instance. You know, I just needed a mental break from the same four or five things that I was eating every single day, right? Um, but when I ate, I ate within reason, right? So, you know, I, I'm just going to run through the changes that I'm going to make for this week. But basically, when you look at what I ate, you know, the it's kind of a homemade Chipotle bowl that's similar to what I do. Normally, I eat that first um, because that is the most calories. And coming out of sort of this longer um, struggle cycle, right, or, or, or deficit or, or eating where I want to have a meal that is going to really – you know, give me a good amount of satiety and deal with hunger 
so that I can get to later in the day and, and be fine. Um, the other thing that I eat as a snack is popcorn and kombucha. And then for last week, I was eating um, yogurt, um, full-fat yogurt, granola, and, and honey before bed. Um, so let me give you the thought process related to all of this. And actually, uh, you know, I don't have any problems getting too specific. Uh, my macros were 129, 209, 229, and then uh, 74, 59 for the first week. And so um, I may stick with those macros going into next week and I may lower things and I'll give you how you make those adjustments. So all you really do in that scenario, and once again, this is the argument. Now, I had to get buy-in from my wife, right? But this is, this is the argument for when you're in a fat loss cycle to kind of just eat similar things and just have those things prepared so that you don't have to kind of rethink things. And, and if you need some flexibility, just kind of change it up a little bit. So if I'm eating one thing of granola, you know, maybe... I try something a little bit else or even a whole other meal, but kind of the basic principle of that meal might be same. So let me give you an example of what I mean. So instead of yogurt, I might have oatmeal with protein powder and peanut butter, right? So it would be a very similar meal. Macros are the same, right? In the case of, uh, you know, my Chipotle kind of meal rather than kind of the spices I would normally have, maybe I would have barbecued chicken with rice and then corn rather than chicken, black beans and rice, right? So those are some of the small changes that I will make. And, and if you listen to this and you don't understand that you can fit it to your thing and you can talk to your coach, I often wonder if people do that to kind of set up their failure scenario right? Because I'm not suggesting to you, you need to eat exactly the way I'm suggesting to you. What I'm suggesting to you is that if you eat this way for 14 days, it might be the way that essentially allows for you the bigger level of success. So then you go, well, how do I adjust for my low days compared to my high days compared to my super day? So a high day, I have a full serving of rice, right? My medium day, half rice, low day, no rice, right? Um, I'm still getting some carbs from beans or corn. Um, and then, of course, you know, the granola, the um, yogurt, and then, of course, the honey. Uh, same thing with the yogurt. On a low day, I'm going to have full fat yogurt. And then on a... Um, High day, I'm going to have low-fat yogurt. To me, the more you can simplify things, the better that your outcome will be. Um, and it's important to me to realize that I'm in control and that I have a measure of, you know, accountability with all of this. And so if I do things to where I just have like, you know, five or six things, 
Um, to me, that's just easier. If you need to make a recipe and that recipe works for you, then great, right? Um, I would just say that sometimes when you do that, you might be unknowingly making things harder on yourself. And so I want you to keep that in mind. Um, I think we can end on that note. I'm sorry if I didn't cover everything. We had a few interruptions and I, that's probably going to make for a bad podcast. As you probably know, one of the reasons why we don't edit these podcasts is because it just makes it harder to podcast, right? And then we don't end up getting these good ideas. And I think that what I just shared with you right there is something that most people would charge you $200 for, right? I gave you some very specific ideas. And if you think that you can take those very specific ideas and get a great result, then awesome. But I would argue that it's taken me many years to figure out what works for me. And I think within the construct of what I just talked about, you would struggle and it would be better off for you to have a resource and a coach. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of times when people ask for a meal plan, I mean, I had a gal this week talk about the meal plan, which is a great resource, right? But she was talking about the meal plan as if the meal plan is 90% of the thing that is going to help with success. I would argue that the meal plan is only 5% of the thing, right? Because knowing what to eat and when to eat it is important, but it's not the most important thing as it relates to managing your emotions related to all of this, managing your mental health through it, and then, of course, normalizing as you go. Because coaches basically walk you through the difficult pieces, right? Think of it as, you know, from a, a gym perspective. So in terms of, you know, I didn't really go over that. Um, and I think I mentioned that I would. Um, I have adjusted my CrossFit uh, down quite a bit. Went to a little bit more lifting type ideas. And so I want you to kind of keep that in mind that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, we did sled pulls late in the week and boy, it was really, really hard. And I, I told my workout partners that I really think that, um, you know, I wanted to do it again once I have food in me, you know, months from now just to see how I did. And, and of course, from a cardiovascular standpoint, you know, hopefully I'll be 10 pounds down at that point and, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. One of the things I am going to try, I've tried with a few clients, is kind of stacking mini cuts um, strategically as a way to um, kind of optimize things when your weight is starting to get a little bit lower. And seen some good success with a certain amount of people, but I'm just talking about three to five people up to this point. But the success I've seen up to this point makes me want to do it. So it would, you know, it shouldn't surprise anyone if I do another two week mini cut, you know, kind of around, you know, right after Labor Day or something like that. So I'll let you know how that goes. 
but hopefully this was informative for everyone and uh, I enjoyed doing it I really the the interruptions were disappointing because I think a lot of times people focus on those small things and kind of miss the bigger point or maybe you know they're just really not that interested in the topic in the first place and they're like wow this guy just keeps on running on talking but to the people that this is important to hopefully I provided you know some some real answers that mean a lot to you and um, you can get past those distractions so I appreciate everybody listening and we'll talk to you later